You may be seated, everybody. Hallelujah. That wasn't in the script, but we don't live by a script, amen? We live by the leading and the prompting of his spirit. Good morning, Evangel. Y'all looking good this morning. It's good to see you guys. Thank you. I'm going to keep her right there. She gives out compliments. I'm going to keep her right there. So I haven't seen you guys in a few months. I left my last Sunday here was September 8th. It's been a few months, and people are like, how are you enjoying your rest? I was like, what rest? <laughs> what rest? I hit the ground running. God has been so incredibly good. I have to tell you, the warfare level has been off the charts, but God has met every single one with such victory and such power. A real quick testimony. Uh, the day I announced my resignation was a Sunday the day before we got into a car accident in the city. And it was so silly. It was so demonic. And uh, I ended up with over $11,000 worth of damage on my car. And the car had already been sounding a little funny in the back, so I was going to take it in anyway. But now it sounded ridiculous. I couldn't talk on the phone. I couldn't even listen to music. It was so loud. My nephew actually got in the car and said, Auntie, why does your car sound like a helicopter? I said, I don't know. I don't know. So I called the guy. I said, look, this is, my car is much, is much worse. You guys, there's something off. And he's like, well, we checked everything, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just praying. I'm like, Lord, this is just the enemy. Wasting my time, trying to waste my resources. He's like, well, if this noise was there before, I'm like, he goes, our guys don't hear anything. I'm like, then I need to pray for their hearing because I can't even hear. And so we kept praying. I went back three times with the car. And then finally, the fourth time, I said, I prayed before I got on the phone. I said, Lord, please give this guy a heart to understand what I'm saying. The manager gets on the phone. He goes, I said, I don't like calling you. I don't want to call you. I don't want to bother you. And you want to hear from me. So let's solve this. And he goes, you know what? You're right. Bring it in. He brought it, we brought it in. He had a different technician look at it. He came back. He said, my guys missed something. I said, is it from the accident? He said, no. He said, but I'm going to give it to you anyway because my guys missed it. $1,200. He said, it's a gift. We'll fix whatever's there on me. You ever know a dealer to give away $1,200? And I was like, you know what? The enemy comes, and God says, I got it. The enemy comes, God says, I got it. And that's what's been happening to me pretty regularly. God has always been very good to me. But I've seen the elevation of warfare, and I've seen the elevation of blessing. In truth, God has been very good. Uh, many of you want to know the schedule. The schedule is really simple. Go to my website. <laughs> it's on the website. It's marshamansour.com. You can also follow me on social media. It's Rev Marsh M on uh, Instagram and Reverend Marsha Mansour on Facebook. But my schedule is always there so that you can be abreast of what's going on. God has opened up ridiculous doors that are really funny. I'm actually going to Sioux Lookout Canada. Does anyone know what that is? Because I don't either. It's out there. It's three planes to get there. So... But it, is, but it is an opportunity to really minister the gospel to a series of women. I'm going to Guadalajara for 10 days to minister there. I'm going to be in Africa in July. God has just begun to open up doors all over the place. I'm so excited. Quick testimony, I got to preach. Um, actually, at a school, they do uh, a retreat for their 5th to 8th graders. Um, and it's about, about 50, 60 kids. And they said, you know what, come in and just share with the kids. And they warned me. They said, look, these kids are pretty stoic. They have no reaction to anything. The building could be on fire. They just stare at you. And I'm like, okay. They go, so don't, they're good kids, but they don't have any response. 
Well, I preached. We opened up the altars, and the kids flooded the altars. Wept and cried and prayed for each other. And then in the midst of that, amen, as I was, at the, I was about to open to pray for the sick, this boy comes to me. And he says, Pastor, can you pray for me? He had psoriasis, all white patches on his arms. It actually eaten away the color of his arms. He said, can you pray for me? I said, sure. I prayed for him. His peers gathered around, and God healed him in front of his peers. All this color was restored to his arms. So now, as you can imagine, the prayer line for healing <laughs> was down the, down the aisle, and God just kept needing them. And this is just one or two of the testimonies. There have been so many. God has done so much, and I'm excited for what he has. But if you'd like to know the schedule, those are the ways to know it. On my website, you also have the opportunity to send me prayer requests. I would love to pray with you. I'd love to walk with you. If there's something you want me to pray about, I have a team that is praying for any prayer requests that come in through there. You have an opportunity to order both of my books. They're actually here today, The Courage to Live and The Courage to Lead. They're actually present here today. And there's a new book that's actually being released today. It's called 60 Days of Fresh Manna. It is a devotional that God has helped me write in the course of two months just recently. Um, it's just in time for Christmas, but you get the opportunity to order that. And it's built around the premise of this, is that God has a fresh word for us every day. The same way he wanted Israel to collect fresh manna every day and not to keep it for the next day is how he wants to speak to us. So every devotional has been prayed over, every devotional, God, we have sought the Lord for it and we've put it together. And so it's not available here, but you can go on the website and pre-order it. It's there, marshamansour.com. There's also something there called Monday Manna, which is a, a blog that I do every Monday. And we get to, I get to speak into you. I get to bless you. Whatever God has put on my heart that day. Really funny story. I was at the doctor's office last week. And as I finished my appointment, I hear the Lord say, go to the cafeteria. And I'm like, I don't want to go to the cafeteria. <laughs> God says, go to the cafeteria. So I go. I go out of obedience. I go to the cafeteria, and I'm in the cafeteria. I'm like, God, what am I doing here? And I said, all right, so I'll just buy something to drink. I go to get something to drink. I go online to pay. The woman in front of me is watching Monday Manor. There's my face on her phone. So I tap her. I go, hi. She goes, hey, you're her. <laughs> I'm like, I am. Somebody had sent her the Monday Manor and has been sending it to her for a year. She's not saved. So I got to, I said, how special are you that God sent me all the way here to meet you? She goes, you think so? I said, oh, yeah, because I didn't want anything here. I'm here for you. <laughs> and I got to encourage this woman to minister to her, which was so fantastic. So God has used Monday Manor to really minister to people. It's my way of speaking into the church. On the website, you can see that. You can see the schedule. There's sermons there. There's audible sermons and video sermons. There's also an opportunity to become a, a covenant partner and learn about the ministry and partner with me. So take a look at it. See what's what. what is there, but God is really so tremendous, and I'm going to be coming back and forth. Me and Pastor Chris have been working that out because you're family. This is home, so I will be here. I am part of the Evangel Heart. I love Evangel. I take you guys everywhere I go with me, um, but our partnership will never end because we're together until Jesus comes. Amen. The walls of a church didn't make us family. The blood of Jesus did, and so I'm happy to be home today and to share God's word. And I believe God has a word for this house. And it's still on the same premise that there is always a fresh word. And so what I want you to do is listen with fresh ears. I want you to allow God to speak to you. I have prayed that wherever you are in your walk with the Lord, God will take you one step deeper. If you don't know Jesus in this building today as your personal Lord and Savior, I pray today that the Lord would reveal himself to you. And if you are walking with the Lord 50 years, I promise you, you don't have it all together. 
we still got to grow. If you're still on planet earth, you still got to grow, right? When you go to heaven, you can be done growing. But as long as you're here, we are all moving towards being more like Jesus. And let me tell you something. You should look different today than you did five years ago. I want you to hear that. You should look different. If you look the same today like you did five years ago, something is wrong. Something is wrong because the child of God is progressively every day getting closer to Jesus. That's the truth. If you have not changed from the day you gave your life to Jesus, something is wrong. Because the spirit of God is constantly at work cleaning us and fixing us and correcting us and encouraging us. And so if you look the same, I'm going to challenge you that you need a little bit more time on your knees because something is off. And so today, as God allows me to speak, I believe his word will speak to you. I believe it will minister to you. So I want you to listen with first years, and I want you to listen with the heart that says, I need to go deeper. Amen? I need to go deeper. I need to go deeper. You need to go deeper. Amen? I'm going to talk to you today from the book of Zechariah. Zechariah, by category in scripture, is called a minor prophet. Daniel is what we would call a major prophet. But it is not because of importance. It's not because Daniel is more important than Zechariah. The terminology of minor and major prophet has everything to do with the amount of span, amount of time that they served as prophets. Daniel was a major prophet because he served over four kings. So his rule or his ministry of prophet was for four kings. So he's a major prophet. Zechariah served for one king. For one time period, but he was strategic in what he did. And so that strategic prophet spoke at a specific time, at a specific moment to accomplish the will of God. It wasn't necessarily lengthy, but it was significant. And so Zechariah is a um, contemporary of Haggai. They served at the same time. His name means the Lord remembers. So I want you to check that in your head as we tell our story today. The Lord remembers. And as... He begins to serve. He comes into this time period in Israel. Israel has been in captivity in Babylon. And now they're released from Babylon. They go back to the promised land. They find the promised land in ruins. It's been destroyed. The temple is gone. Everything is gone. And they begin. Now they have momentum. They're fresh out of exile. They're ready to start their new life. They run in full force. And they begin to do the work. Well, now we're 70 years out of exile. 70 years later. And the work isn't as easy as they thought it was going to be. It's a little tiresome. There's a lot of opposition. The ground is really hard. It's full of thorns. It is harder than they imagined. They thought they were going to get to the promised land and it was going to be easier. They got to the promised land, and even though they're free, they're still toiling. They thought this was going to be an easier journey. Anyone here thought of that before? <laughs> and so what begins to happen is they begin to lose momentum. They begin to get apathetic. They begin to get complacent. They begin to get a little lazy. And they just begin to kind of go through their deal, building piece by piece or step by step. But there's really no inspiration. What happens in those situations is this word settles in, 
And the word is discouragement. They begin to get discouraged. How long is this going to take? How long? We're working for 70 years. How long? And at the time, there's a governor who was in charge, and his name is Zerubbabel. Say that four times fast. <laughs> and so Zerubbabel is now the governor. And Zerubbabel has come alongside to kind of motivate the people and move them. He's come to build the temple. He's a good man. He comes and tries to build the temple. The Bible says he lays the foundation of the temple, but he cannot get the people motivated. Anyone here try to motivate people that can't be motivated? Any, any bosses here, you try to motivate people that don't want to work? And here he is. He's trying to motivate the people to do the work of God. And they're not doing it. And he himself begins to get discouraged. He begins to get apathetic. And he's like, all I've been able to do is lay the foundation. I need to build the whole temple. How am I supposed to do this? And he begins to strive, and he begins to move, and he begins to try and motivate, and he begins, and nothing is coming. And so the Lord sends him somebody whose name means the Lord remembers to talk to him. And so in Zechariah chapter 4, he gets a vision. Zechariah speaking. He says, now the angel who talked with me came back and wokened me as a man who is woken from his sleep. And he said to me, what do you see? And so I said, I look, I'm looking, and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. And on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes in seven lamps. Two olive trees are by them, one on the right of the bowl and the other on the left. And so I answered and spoke to the angel who was talking with me, saying, what are these, my Lord? Then the angel who was talking with me answered and said to me, do you not know what these are? And he said, no, my Lord. So he answered and said, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain, and you shall bring forth the capstone with shouts of grace and grace to it. Moreover, the Lord came to me saying, the hand of Zerubbabel has laid the foundation of his temple. His hand will also finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. For who has despised the day of small things? For these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. And so Zechariah gets this vision. And the vision, he sees seven lampstands. On them are gold bowls. Inside the lampstand are seven pipes. And then two olive trees. And he's utterly confused. He's like, I don't know what this means. And then the angel makes this statement that we quote all the time. He says, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Who is this mountain that stands against Zerubbabel? Before him, I'll make it a plain. Before him, I'll make it a plain. He has laid the foundation. He will also finish it. And he will know that I, the Lord, have done this. Grace upon grace. And so you're like, okay. What exactly does that mean? What does the vision have to do with not by might, not by power, but by your spirit? 
It's really simple, child of God. How many lampstands were there? Seven. How many pipes were in the lampstand? How many people were going to rejoice? Seven. Seven is a very significant number in Scripture. It is the number of rest. It is the number of rest. God built the world in six days, and what did he do on the seventh? He rested. It is a very significant number in Scripture. And so here what God is showing us is that there is something about being led of the Spirit and resting that are married together. So what does that have to do? Absolutely it does. He is saying to him, Zerubbabel, you are striving by your might and by your power, and neither are going to finish the job. All your talent, all your strength, all your power is not going to finish the job I've put before you. The only thing that's going to accomplish the job is my spirit. That's the only thing that's going to bring it to pass. And so if you, child of God, he's telling Zerubbabel, rest in understanding that I am God and that my spirit leads you. My spirit will make the work light for you. My spirit will make the work light. Right now, you are discouraged and weary and put out because you're doing it by yourself. You're doing it by yourself. Even those are rubbable, you're doing it for me. You're doing it without me. And as you do it without me, you are going to grow weary. There's a direct line between being weary and being restless. The same way there's a direct line between being led of the Spirit and being at rest. They are together. Because in rest comes this word trust. God, I can't make this happen. I need your Spirit. God, I can't force this to happen. I need your Spirit. And so Zerubbabel comes to this place where he has to build, and he is utterly discouraged. And let me tell you something, child of God, so you understand. The enemy's job is to take you out. Do you understand that this morning? Do you understand that this morning? His job is to take you out. A great way that he does it is he wears you out. He wears you out. He drains you. He drains you. You feel constantly like you're leaking energy, like you're leaking effort. Everything gets heavier. Everything you feel. How many of you said, I am running on empty? Anyone ever said that before? I am running on empty. I am being drained. And what he does is he sends people, he sends circumstances to drain you. He sends conflicts that last so long that you're like, come on, come on. When is this going to end? When is this going to change? And what happens to us when these things elongate, when these things get difficult, is we stop relying on the Lord and start trying to make it happen on our own. God's taking too long to bring this child back to me. So I'm going to, every time I speak to this child, I'm going to preach the gospel to them. You know what happens? They hang up on you. It doesn't work. Because that's all your effort. And let me tell you something, your effort has a limit. 
I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how powerful you are. I don't care how much education you have. It doesn't matter. You will move and move and move and you will hit a wall. Because your strength and your power can change nothing. Nothing. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by his spirit. Because his spirit has no limits. His spirit doesn't hit a wall. You hit a wall. His spirit bypasses every wall. And so what God is speaking to him is he's saying, Zerubbabel, I know you're trying to do something for me, but you're doing it without me. And when we do something for God without God, there is no grace in it. Grace is a great way to hear the voice of God. I was laughing. I was telling the staff at Evangel. I was like, I don't know where, how I managed to work here and do all that I'm doing now. Because I was still doing it when I was working here. You know why? I had the grace for it. I had grace for it. There was a supernatural grace that he gave me. Why? Because I was in his will. And I was doing it his way. Now I look back and go, I don't even know where, how, when did I work here? <laughs> But there was grace. Grace is a great marker for the will of God. Is there grace in what I'm walking with? Even though it's difficult, is it gracious? Or I feel no grace because that's a surefire marker that you're out of the well. And let me tell you something, child of God. You need to learn what it means to lean into his spirit, to live in his spirit. Well, you say, well, I'm saved. Great. You're saved. Maybe you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you understand the things of the Spirit, but let me tell you something. Every day with God is about surrender. Every day with God is about surrendering more. It's about giving more. Not that you need more of the Holy Spirit. He needs more of you. He needs more of you. And that comes from a place of surrender. And he's telling Zerubbabel, well, I understand you're governor. I know you got a big job to do. But you cannot do it in your own strength. You will fail. You might lay the foundation, but you'll never finish it. And today, God wants to teach us how to have fruit that remains. Fruit that remains. And the only way to have fruit that remains is to stop striving. Child of God, you were never meant to strive. You were meant to rest. You were meant to surrender. You were meant to allow God to be God. See, listen, my might and my power have everything to do with my reliance on myself. My strength, my understanding, my wisdom, my power. That's my reliance on myself. His spirit has everything to do with my reliance on him and his ability to move and to have his way. As long as I'm doing it with my own hand, it's me. It's all me. I might be doing it for him, but it's still all me. But if I do it his way, with his spirit and his leading, now we got something to talk about. We were team two, Mexico, team two out of this house. We were going to Mexico. I was leading that trip, team of 19. And we get to Newark Airport to take our flight. Flight's on time. 
which is a rarity, so we were really happy we get on the flight. We buckle in, and we sit there for an hour, okay? Then we hear an announcement, the plane is broken, everybody off the plane. Gladly get off a broken plane. We're out. We get out, now there's 200 of us that have to rebook a flight. Flight is canceled. So I have to book 19 people. So I go and I'm talking to the guy, tell the team to begin to pray. The guy is frantic because we found out that there were three other flights that were also canceled. So he's sitting there trying to figure it out. He's bugging out. He's got salt and pepper here. I can remember him really clearly. His name was Vinny. And I said, hey, I said, I need to rebook 19 flights to Guadalajara. And he goes, impossible. I said, no, no, it's possible. Today or tomorrow, I need to, I need to get to Guadalajara. He goes, no, it's impossible. He goes, maybe Tuesday. Nowhere in the next two days. I said, no, no, we have to. And he's, he goes, no, you're not understanding me. You can't know. I said, we, we don't have a choice. You have to find us seats for 19 people. And now he's beginning to get really annoyed at me. And I, I grab his hand and I said, listen, listen, I want you to look over there. I see all those people in a the circle. They're praying. They're praying for you. I said, they're praying that God would give you wisdom to get us all to Guadalajara. So go ahead. So he looks at me, he looks at them, he shakes his head and he starts rambling on the computer. So we're sitting there and he's trying to figure this out and he's like, I can't do it, I, can't, I don't know what to do. And I have no ability to get us to Mexico. I don't, not by might, not by power, right? All I have is the spirit of the Lord. And he says to me, he goes, I need to split the team. Me, the answer is no. I never split my team. And I hear the Holy Spirit say, split the team. So I step back and I go, okay. And the team looks at me, really? You're gonna split us? I said, I hear the Lord, let's just, whatever he says, we're gonna do. And then the man says, how many times? And I hear the Lord say, four. Four. He goes, okay. So he starts tapping out, he goes, I got it. All of you are booked. Tomorrow morning, you're all on your way to Mexico. Fabulous. We booked the flights. It gets better, folks. We booked the flights. I'm on the first team. Four in the morning, we're there. Remember I told you we had to rebook multiple flights, right? We get there. The line to check in is outside of the airport down the parking strip. So we get there. There's only two people checking people in. Fabulous. The team goes, Pastor, we're going to miss the flight. I said, oh, no, don't worry about it. In my heart, we're going to miss the flight. Like, there's no way we're not going to make it. So I'm sitting and I begin to pray because I cannot make this happen. Do you understand? It is not within my power to make this happen. All my might, all my power has a limit. But I serve a limitless God. And so I began to just pray. I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do I do? And the Lord said, I want you to begin to walk. I said, okay. He goes, just walk inside. I said, where am I going? Just listen. Okay. He said, I'm going to show you today that I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. So I begin to walk. The team goes, where are you going? I have no idea. I just keep walking. I walk into the airport. I walk down the corridor. I walk straight all the way up. It's, it's, we're far. I go all the way up to the people checking people in. There's a woman there. Her back is to me. I tap her. She turns around. She goes, Pastor Marsha? Yes. She goes, from Evangel? Yes. She goes, hey, how you doing? She goes, aren't you supposed to be in Mexico? I was like, well, and I gave her a quick story. And she goes, so where's your team? 
I said, out of the building. She goes, okay. I said, but we're going to miss our flight, I think. She goes, no, you're not. Bring them right here. I run out. I grab the team. I said, come on. They go, where are we going? I said, we are the head and not the tail. Let's go. We run in. We get up to the woman. She checks us in. We go downstairs to security. Security is all the way down the corridor. I'm like, well, God, you haven't brought us this far not to make a way. You said we're going to be the head and not the tail. So I just started walking. The team goes, where are you going? I said, I told you. I have no idea. I kept walking. I go up. God is my witness. I go up to the front of security. I tap the gentleman that's there. He turns around. He goes, hey, Pastor Marsha. I'm like, hello. He goes, what are you doing? Aren't you supposed to be in Mexico? Funny story. So I tell him really quick. It's a repeat of the conversation I had up on top. He goes, so where's the team? I said, you can't see them. They're all the way on the other side of the building. He goes, bring them here. I'll check them in. We bring the whole team up to the front. We check in. We move in. And I have to check on the other three groups that are coming because they didn't have assigned seatings. We go in. I said, hey, they told me that nobody could kind of figure this out for us. But she goes, oh, honey, I have all the time in the world. I'll do it for you. Everyone settled. Every bump was made straight. You know why? Because the God that I serve says, not by might, not by power, by my spirit. Who is this mountain that stands before Zerubbabel? Will I not make it a flat plain? We got on that plane. We were chilling. We got all the way to Mexico. Had a fantastic trip. God blessed and used. You know why, child of God? Because in all my strength, I hit a wall. In all your strength, you hit a wall. You do not have the ability to flatten a mountain, but the God you serve has the ability to flatten a mountain. And so God is looking for a people that will live in his spirit, that will walk with his spirit, that will allow his spirit to speak to them, and then will obey what he says. And you might say, well, how do I get more of a spirit? John 15 tells us. Open up John 15. John 15, verse 5. It says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Let me say that again. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bear much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Your ability to live in the spirit of God has everything to do with your ability to abide. It is about abiding. Child of God, you were not meant to bear fruit by striving. You were meant to bear fruit by, by abiding. Abiding in God produces the fruit, not striving. And we are people that are given to striving. Go get, go, we're go-getters, we move forward. But God is saying, in me, there's something called rest. I do the moving, you do the listening. I do the shaking, you do the listening. I open the doors, you do the walking. <laughs> there's something about walking in the Spirit of God that allows us to fulfill everything. I want fruit in my life, fruit that remains. I pray that's your prayer. That you want fruit that remains, and fruit that remains comes from branches that are attached to the vine, not branches that have come off the vine and tried to figure it out on their own. You will die that way. 
A branch not attached to the vine is good for nothing. But a branch that's attached to the vine now has the ability to produce much fruit. And that walking in the Spirit allows you to hear, allows you to live, allows you to be blessed, allows God to speak to you, and it makes your life light. Two years ago at VBS, I, I had just moved into a new house, and I left early that Friday morning to run out, and I locked myself out of the garage. It was a new house. I wasn't used to the keys yet. I was like, oh, all right, I'll figure it out when I get home. So I go, I finish VBS. We go out to the diner after, because that's normally what we did. I come home, it's one o'clock in the morning. I have someone staying with me. We get to the front door, and I go, oh, I lock myself out. That's okay, I'll just go through the front door. I go to the front door. The screen is locked, and I don't have the key. I'm like, fabulous. All right, so the young lady that stays with me, she goes, no worry, Pastor. I'm going to go look and see if any windows are open. I'm like, girl, I'm from New York. There ain't no windows open. Those windows are deadbolted. Are you kidding? We don't leave windows open. So she comes back around. She goes, you ain't kidding. I said, no, they're locked. So I'm standing there, and I'm like, it's one, I don't even know who to call. It's 1.30 in the morning. So I said, you know what? I'm going to break the lock. So I go, and I put all my force on this lock to the screen door. And as I look down, I go, oh, wait. The handle is decorative. It's not attached to the lock. It's a deadbolt. So I'm looking, all my might, all my power, can't do a thing. It can't get me in my house. And I just lift up my voice to the Lord. I said, Lord, I need you. I need you. And as I did that, I watched, child of God, the deadbolt on the other side begin to turn on its own. It literally unlocked by itself. So I stand there with the young girl that's with me, and she goes, did, did that just happen? And I go, I, I think so. She goes, well, what do you think? I said, well, let's find out. And there it was, completely unlocked. And as I began to step forward, I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak, and this is what he said. He said, when I want to open a door for my children, nothing stops me. When I want to open a door for my children, not a deadbolt, not a chain, nothing gets in my way. When I want to open a door for my children, I open it and no one stands in my way. And let me tell you, child of God, that's what it is to live in the spirit. When you want God to move, he moves. If you try to make it move, you'll live in failure. Your strength has everything to do with your dependence. Your victory in the spirit has everything to do with your surrender. And God is looking for people that will say, you know what? I want to live in his spirit. I know that many of you are discouraged in this room. I can feel it. I can feel the discouragement. I can feel the weariness. And God's word this morning is stop striving. Stop striving. Rest in me. Trust me. Lean on my spirit. Stop trying to make it happen. Just get in my presence. Let me refresh you. Let me speak to you. The first voice you should hear in the morning is the voice of the Lord. Throw your phones away. Don't check your email before you're even out of bed. Don't look to see who texts you. Who cares? Put it away. Get into his presence. Get into his spirit. Let him speak to you. Let him fill your heart so that you have the grace 
to accomplish everything you need to accomplish. His spirit is present to meet you. His spirit is present to fill you. And let me tell you, when you do that, every mountain in front of you becomes like a plane. He says, Zerubbabel, where is the mountain? Where is the mountain? Have I not made it like a plane? You who have started the foundation, you also will finish it. Because with that spirit of the Lord comes a tenacity that allows you the confidence to finish everything that you've started for the Lord. Everything that you've started, you will see the fulfillment of your promises. But if he gets you weary and gets discouraged, he robs you. And so, child of God, you have to come to a place where you say, I identify weariness. I identify discouragement. I identify my own striving. And I'm not living there anymore. I refuse to be restless anymore. I'm going to learn what it is to have the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit over my life. Lead, guide, and speak to me. There's a reason why there are trees of oil. He didn't say branch. He didn't say cup. He didn't say flask. He said trees, two trees of oil. Why? Because they're life-filled. It's not one drop of oil. There's plentiful of oil for you. His spirit is plentiful. It is limitless. And it needs people that are going to say, God, I want this. I want to live in the spirit. Leave out your heads this morning.